1: Uh, And joining us now is uh, Ariel Cohen, Senior Fellow at the Atlantic Council, to discuss the latest developments on China. And not just, of course, about zero COVID, but of course, geopolitics here as well. Uh, I mean, we saw protests this time last week, Ariel, and uh, it seems the Communist Party paid heed.
2: Yes, indeed. Uh, They're lifting uh, the uh, most uh, severe restrictions. Uh, But uh, those who protested would be identified and probably arrested and punished. Uh, This is a high-tech totalitarian society, and it is not going to evolve anytime soon as long as uh, Comrade Xi Jinping is in charge, and now he secured his rule for the foreseeable future. The level of protest so far does not indicate that there are going to be structural reforms politically. The big Challenge, I think, for, for C is after he destroyed uh, main uh, Chinese companies um, uh, to the tune of uh, hundreds of billions of dollars, is he going to beat a retreat and allow the economy to build itself back? I am not so sure so far. So, has he broken the social contract with the citizens of the mainland? A lot of Chinese uh, observers and analysts say that, yes, he did, because the social contract was that the um, quality of life and uh, GDP per capita were growing up and up, and it's not happening anymore, whereas the internal oppression, be it um, uh, in the virtual Chinese internet uh, realm or in the street with the COVID restrictions, uh, those um, restrictions uh, were getting worse. And we saw the outpouring of um, uh, public um, uh, mourning uh, for uh, the uh, leader who was a more liberal one, Zhen uh, Zeming, who passed away at the age of 96. Uh, the leader who was appointed, in fact, after um, Tiananmen um, uh, protests, who was not a sweetheart. Uh, but relative to Xi Jinping, he was much more liberal.
1: Yeah, Ariel, okay, sure. Uh, We've got that, but let's take a look at what's going on in terms of China in a geopolitical sense here. And they try to back away a little bit from uh, Ukraine, or should I say Russia's, uh, giving Russia support in that war. They've uh, dialed that back a little bit, but the Taiwan question remains open. And the thing is nationalism can, of course, be uh, the refuge of a scoundrel.
2: Well, it is. And uh, clearly, uh, in his meeting with President Biden, Xi Jinping uh, did not uh, back off uh, the Taiwan question. Uh, We saw the Kuomintang Party um, winning in the local elections uh, in Taiwan. And that's a party that still speaks about unification with China. Uh, So I think uh, the best we can hope for is that there's no military clash over Taiwan anytime soon, and the differences and disagreements are resolved in a diplomatic way. However, the long-term vector of China getting stronger, China building its military, and the U.S. facing very serious challenges in terms of our ability to conduct two military operations, one in Europe, uh, God forbid, uh, it escalates uh, in Ukraine, and another one in the Pacific, We do not have uh, the military resources, the money, the technological base to conduct two wars. And uh, we need to be very careful how we um, conduct our foreign policy and our military posture vis-a-vis China and Russia. So, Ariel, at the beginning of the Party Congress, uh, President Xi's speech, at least in the view of analysts, uh, was kind of... um it came away, you came, or the listener came away with this uh, sense that it was much more inwardly focused. And here we have, according to Reuters, she traveling to Saudi Arabia at the end of the week. I mean, how are we to understand the role that she sees himself playing on the world stage
0: going forward?
2: That's a fascinating question. Uh, I think after he secured the domestic power, or he feels that uh, his power now is formally enshrined, he opened uh, an enormous um, campaign of foreign activities. He met uh, with 21 uh, foreign leaders in the last, what, three months or so, uh, from Finland to New Zealand, um, Australia, um, uh, the Bali meeting. He, he is very active. And it's interesting that he is going to Saudi Arabia because uh, to secure the Chinese Uh, energy supply is a paramount challenge for any Chinese leader. And with the Saudis uh, feeling uh, miffed and uh, distancing themselves from the United States, uh, there are uh, many problems uh, between the Biden administration and Prince Mohammed uh, bin Salman. Um, The Chinese will step into that vacuum, uh, as they did with Iran, by the way, There is a huge $300 billion over 30-year investment package between Beijing and Tehran. Uh, Beijing and Moscow both support the oppressive Iranian leadership in what they're doing to their own people. So the competition uh, from the Middle East to Africa uh, to Russia will continue.
1: Ariel, very quickly here as well, what about the impact of the CHIPS Act? I mean, how damaging is that for the Chinese economy?
2: It's very damaging. I talked to a number of experts at a conference in Paris where I was recently, and uh, people are saying that this, uh, these uh, limitations on U.S. experts to China are devastating. People warn that they may be a trigger to uh, a quick deterioration in the U.S.-China relations. Mm. And again, we have to be careful. Uh, not to push it overboard.
0: Ariel, thank you so much for
2: being with us. Ariel Cohn, Senior Fellow at the Atlantic Council.
0: Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon, official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code radio20 at bloomberglive.com slash Festival.